It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On presents More Than The Game. All right, everybody, welcome into Locked On Presents More Than the Game. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and successes of black people in sports. And this is part two of a weekly series of interviews, conversations, and roundtables covering opportunity, activism, protest, and black history in sports. I'm Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints, joined today by Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels. Today, we're discussing the duality and... Today, we're discussing the duality between discussing blackness in sports media and the sports media space, how to balance having a platform to say what you want to say, but also having a need to say all of it while managing the expectation to potentially not say it at all so <laughs> it's an interesting conversation candace and yeah. I, i'm so grateful to be able to to do this with you um let's start off with our first topic here and dive right in uh how is it that you've used your platform before in sports media to discuss really any of the variety of topics centering around blackness and how was that received yeah so i am grateful that i started on a show with two black hosts mm-hmm. so my first entry into the sports radio world was with guys who i felt comfortable with it was kind of like the whole feel of the barbershop talk conversation so it was great i was grateful to just be home essentially mm-hmm. like it, it was comfortable they, ne- they never let me you know get too crazy with my comments but also they <laughs> they enjoyed the craziness because it sparked conversation in a positive way and i think that's also from the female perspective right so yeah It was a great opportunity just to grow and kind of have people who were there to correct me, there to help me and guide me, but also not trying to have me perform. So that was just Mm -hmm. easy, you know, from jump. And then from there, I kind of like figured out who I was. And so I figured out who my personality was and tried to mimic or, you know, cohesively bring in together the authenticity part. I think that's been one of my selling points of like, listen, I'm just me. Like, (laughs) this is what you get. On air, off air, I might be a little more quiet, right? I'm not as loud and like aggressive necessarily with my takes, but I am definitely this kind of Candace all the time. So I appreciate, you know, having that intro because I think that was essential to my growth. But just now, I think in the space, I don't know. I would say with the Locked On Podcast Network, I'm still just being me, but even mm-hmm. more so because it's solo hosting. So right. and I don't have anybody where I'm like, oh, well, I have to be a little more up than this person or a little down because they bring extra. So it's all me, which is good. It can't be good and bad. Because sometimes when I'm not feeling, I'm like, how do I you know, garner that excitement towards things? But when it comes to my blackness, it's just, okay, there's certain issues I know I can touch on or come mm-hmm. from a place of experience, especially with talking with athletes and everything going on right now in the right. college athlete space so i think it's been helpful to just be like all right guys let's let's come down to earth (laughs) let's relax we're just watching you know college kids play a game for free like keep it all in perspective so it's like those (laughs) weekly reminders when we're team the team's not doing as well we can just sit back a bit but i know for you you know having new orleans feel talking about the saints which is a culture that's supposed to be you know predominantly black 
for all intents and purposes, right? Right. So how do you navigate that space in terms of talking about, you know, culture, but then also having to talk about things that are X's and O's? Yeah, no, it, it is it is a really interesting thing. And I think I have a little bit of an advantage in the in, in the the realm and in the space as well, because like you mentioned, like I, I solo host, so I don't have anybody around me that I kind of have to take the temperature of while I'm talking. <laughs> but at the same time, I have everyone around me that I have to take the temperature of at the same yeah. time, right? Like we kind of have to, in the solo hosting realm, everything's a conversation with the listener. So mm-hmm. how do you convey uh, a topic that you genuinely care about while also making sure that you're not alienating like half of your listenership and things like that who might not feel the same way? And I think that part of it is that I invite people to disagree. That's one of the ways that I've always gone about. Anytime that we're talking about culture, anytime that we're talking about something that has to do specifically with with blackness, I always invite people to disagree because inherently, first of all, someone always will. And the other part of it is that if any conversation comes from it, right, if somebody takes something away from that and it goes away and has a conversation somewhere about it or even comes back to me for a conversation about it, that is a welcome, constructive next step. <laughs> as long as the conversation is civil, right? right. But that's why, that's why I'm calling it a conversation as opposed to anything else. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm always about that. Like, I'm always about evoking the conversation around it. So, yeah, I'll, I'll use a more explicit example, you know, before – before the 2020 NFL season, Drew Brees did that uh, Yahoo Finance interview mm-hmm. and talked a bit about, you know, a stance that we already knew from 2016 on, you know, standing for the anthem versus kneeling in the anthem, things like that. And so when I had the conversation around it on Locked on Saints, I like sent it to I sent it to David. I sent it to Carl. I was like, is this OK? Like, can I say this? Because the conversation that I had around it was not about any type of accusatory this that and the other right because in issues like this it's such an imperfect issue that there's no reason to try to create a perfect line from one thing to a conclusion there's no point in doing that you have to understand and i think we know it because we're steeped in it understand the nuance of the the conversation and things like that and so what i talked about in that that segment about that that specific instance was how important what you don't say is Mm-hmm. as opposed to just what you do say because again like he ain't tell us anything that we didn't know you know because he said the same thing back in 2016 yeah. Yeah. when he was asked about the flag and the anthem and all that before but what was omitted from this was the conversation around Ahmaud Arbery was the conversation around Breonna Taylor was the conversation around George Floyd was yeah. the conversation around black people being attacked and killed by the police yeah. without weapon and without cause, with with a lack of transgression, which I think is yeah. a really important detail. And so it was about having that conversation. And I was terrified to publish it. I was terrified yeah. to publish it because I was like, oh, not everybody's going to agree with you right now, Ross. And yeah. and again, I didn't have that co-host to be like, maybe you shouldn't. You know? <laughs> you know? So I, I had right. I had a lack of balance and no check, you know, yeah. at the same time. But I published it and it was remarkably well received like i was completely i was baffled by it and i think that that probably just really speaks to the community of new orleans and 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 that particular fan base and everything that does have a little bit more of a a, a, i mean you have demario davis in that locker room cameron jordan that locker room uh, malcolm jenkins in that locker room so people are a little bit more maybe uh exposed to these conversations even through the lens of sports but it, it is an interesting thing to sort of figure out how best to navigate all of this 
from your personal perspective. And I think it's probably, I mean, I'll make the what I feel like is a pretty safe assumption that it's even deeper for you coming into this because you're not only going having to take on certain conversations around being black, but it's the specific nuanced conversation about being black and non-male and specifically as a black woman. A hundred percent. And I think that, you know, as a female, you have to take a step back and realize that some people are just not going to love you. Like your cup of tea, I'm not mm. your cup of tea and that's okay. Like I, it's, it's totally fine. I don't lose sleep over like, damn, this listener doesn't want me simply because I have a female voice coming out. Like I'm saying the mm. same facts as like half the other, you know, reporters in the city, but right. because it's coming from female, they're just not interested and that's cool. But they're on the other side of that. There are some people that are like, I'm tired of listening to the same old, you know, system, same right. old kind of content and just like can we get a new fresh face can we get a fresh coat of paint right there's some people that don't listen to podcasts but are now newly like interested because hey you're the girl that just says everything i want to say like you right. have the you know confidence to just come right out and say like yeah they're playing like dog crap and that's what it is like let's just keep it a band they ain't playing enough <laughs> to snuff like carolina basketball there our standard is excellence and so anything below that we just don't tolerate right because so i think that it's just something where it's a unique take it's a unique voice and for some people it works and for some people it doesn't and i'm not going to lose sleep over it because i think that takes away from again the authenticity part of it like who are you like who are you outside of this like who are you when you are on air and at the end of the day i'm always going to be a black woman so like how can we use that to you know be your selling point and, you know coming from the university being a graduate it's a whole different beast so it's like mm -hmm. i have personal experiences that are vested and i've been through like you know the scandals i've been through the Af african-american studies like fraud times and fake mm -hmm. classes and like i'm an african-american studies major so it's you know i take a little bit more personally <laughs> right. conversations of oh your degree's not real your unc cheat yeah my gpa one is not reflective of that two i'm <laughs> pretty successful in my own right so please keep having the argument with me that all people who did that are you know not up to snuff and that's just right. it, it angers a different level of anger but it's like i learned like as a woman you've just got to learn how to read in a good way like i'm gonna read you to fill Right. I'm going to have your feelings hurt by the time right. I finish this conversation, you are going to be feeling less than. And I hope you do, because yeah. now you know not to play with me. Play with <laughs> <kids>. <laughs> it, yeah, it's an interesting thing, right? Just learning how to take up the space and, and hold that. space. that's the other part of it is that like, you can take it up temporarily, but can you yeah. hold the space beyond that? Uh, I, I don't know about you, but, you know, in terms of having these conversations within the, the sports media world, it has felt like it's actually been pretty positively received. I don't really feel much of the, hey, stick to sports part of yeah. the conversation. We're talking about a very finite portion of that very much larger conversation here, but I haven't really felt too much of that. Is, something, is that something that you've come across more? Oh yeah, 100%. I don't feel like anyone's ever made comments or said like, hey, Candace, you know, stop talking about this or hey, mm -hmm. like, you know, sit down, black girl, like or something. I've, I've never experienced that personally. Mm -hmm. So I've never had someone, you know, call me an N-word off of my takes, right? Like they, right. They've, done, they've done that in other scenarios, but I've never had someone do that when it comes to like sports radio or, you know, sports conversations. And I think maybe it's because my platform isn't as great yet. And so they're like, oh, well, as soon as she gets on, I feel like I have this bravado to go ahead and get my Twitter fingers popping maybe that's just what it takes like you sure. have to be the espn check like you know you gotta get a blue check or whatever and that's fine i'm ready for that i don't care but like i'm ready mm -hmm. i don't know though i think that at the end of the day when you step back and you're like what again what is my message what am i trying to convey am i okay with there are going to be people that are going to be just simply mad because i'm on the stage yes right. and like you can once you say yes 
it's a whole lot easier to just move forward and not really care whether or not there are people who are upset and tell you to stick to sports. Right. Yeah. You just sort of uh, set up the expectation for yourself in a more realistic fashion. And then you build immediately off of that, which I think like, you know, I consider I consider myself a a little bit more early career in terms of of this because I came into it late and everything, too. And I think that because of all of that. I've already, and it sounds like something similar, you know, you had the the radio experience working with other black hosts. And so you sort of built the platform with that persona already, right? Authenticity, like you mentioned, which I think is another part of it that's really important is that people immediately knew what to expect. Mm -hmm. I think that maybe where you're seeing more of that conversation is, of course, directed at players, which Mm -hmm. is completely unwarranted (laughs) and completely (laughs) unnecessary, but also maybe to folks that are like changing a tone, right? Which is a little bit different than those of us that are fortunate enough to come in, come into this either recently enough or at least come into it strong enough to where we set a tone with that expectation that this would be a part of what we were talking about. Well, like, what is it about athletes speaking up that makes people say, you know what, not you. Like, I'll listen to a Ross, I'll listen to a Candace, but not you, athlete. Like, you're, and I think we have to move away from that idea that athletes are not educated or like they, their education goes but so far. Not every single yes. one, you know, was just in their playbook and never reached outside. Like, some of them actually took classes. Some of them are actually very intelligent. Most of them Most are of them intelligent. Yeah. You have to be some sort of genius to be able to execute play. Like, I look at playbooks, I'm like, yeah, I don't even know how. Like, that's a different level of IQ. But Right. we take away from them all the time and it's so frustrating it just feeds into this narrative that their inability they have inabilities beyond just being athletic right and i yeah. think that's frustrating for me to see though know, i think that's why we have this space like i think you know if i ever have the opportunity to have ho- or guests that are like you know big time athletes that's my goal let's have conversations let's just mm-hmm. like oh my god i cannot believe that this person was so articulate why like ask yourself why yeah. <laughs> you're just so shocked that a danny green can come on my show and just literally spit everything off or a cam jordan can come on your show and right. just have these great conversations like ask yourself why and maybe that can have that you know inner, inner conversation of i need to broaden my thinking of why these people like do stand on these platforms because they do know what's going on they're not ill to the fact that when they go out on the street and they people not everybody knows who athletes are let's keep right. that 100 like yeah. everyone doesn't know who someone famous is and they have to be black men in america they have to be black women in america so all those things are just steady conversations as to why we need this platform to bring it to light we have to amplify those issues yeah yeah uh chris rock told a great story about how like his fame doesn't really work from miles away yeah. it only works about like right here Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that happens for a lot of for a lot of athletes, too, especially yeah. ones that wear helmets and face gear in yeah. their respective games where you don't see their faces all the time outside of the, the top names and, and the, the folks that you see that are kind of like faces of the franchise and everything like that. Otherwise, and, and even still, because, as you mentioned, like that's really only exposure to a particular part of the population. Like yeah. we are a large part of the population sports fans. Right. But. Those sports fans themselves are, forgive the phrase, segregated across the uh, across the United States. So yeah. depending upon where you are, you're just another person until you're not. And that yeah. line is always different. That line is always different. 100%. <clears throat> Thank you.
All right, so let's talk a little bit about expectations. I feel like it's a pretty easy segue from what we were just discussing in terms mm-hmm. of our expectations of athletes. Going back to us in, in, in media, I don't know about you, but before Locked On, there were often times that I felt sort of a duality of expectation in terms of how to be representative, but then also only do it when it's inconvenient and not too loudly. Is, is that something you felt before? I don't know. I That's hard. I mean, tell your story because I'm sitting here thinking about any time that I've ever been asked to like be Candace, but ever been on the back end, like, all right, that was good, but maybe a little bit too, too much. Yeah. I don't think I've ever experienced that. Uh, I'll, I'll mention like there are a couple of, of times and this is this is further in the past now, but there were times where like I, I ended up being sort of the the resident phone call for when a player kneeled during the anthem mm. or when you know what I mean? Or when there was something like that to where it was like, if I'm calling you to come on and talk about these things, then we're Gucci. Like you can say, you could talk about it and everything like that, but don't bring it up when we're trying to talk about, you know, the X's and O's portion of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. And so sometimes there's sort of this uh, not really aligned expectation in terms of, hey, I need you to come and be, you know, the soundboard for this particular thing. I'm always going to lean on you. And and I've since started saying no to those places or like, I'm not coming just for this and as much as i want to have the conversation i can't be your like token negro that's here to speak about you know negro (laughs) things like i'm not going to be that person and so you know there's like that expectation but then you know if you're talking about say christopher carter and i had a great conversation the other uh, just yesterday about you know every year it's fire Mike Tomlin, fire Mike Tomlin, even though he hasn't had a losing season in 14 years. But then meanwhile, in New Orleans, like with Sean Payton, everybody's like three straight seven to nine seasons. No, no, that's fine. He'll fix it. He'll fix it. It's going to be fine. And Sean Payton himself is like, yeah, there's a reason for that. (laughs) But, you know, if I were to bring that up on a radio show or something like that, like that same radio show that would call me only to be present for this thing or not even radio show, but podcast, things like that, Mm -hmm. right? Those environments, then I would immediately kind of be like shut down. Like, no, 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 no. It's not about that it's not about that it's you know and then and then whatever and it's like how do you combat 14 straight non-losing seasons but whatever that's cool but <laughs> you know that it, it, it is one of those things where it's it's challenging to kind of figure out where the navigation of that is because how do I know when you want me here to speak on my own accord and how do I know when you want me here to speak about the accord that you're giving me agency for like those are two very very different things to have to try to manage and measure I oh, mean, okay, so like I say, I love to say so on my podcast. So y'all know we family. We're gonna talk like family. <laughs> <laughs> we love to talk like family. And so every February, I feel like, okay, I was a black girl who swam. That's like, oh, let me check out this box. Let me call Candace. Let me get a quote. Let me get her experience. Let me have her talk every single February, like clockwork, same organizations every single year, right? And I have gotten to the age like you where I just am like, no. You're not right. going to use me, call me, never check on me, never see if I'm good on anything else right. other than these 28 days. Do not do that. Like, I think it's a, just a matter of I'm not going to be your token in the sense of you see what's going on. You don't need me to reiterate it. Right. <laughs> like, how about you take the time? You listen and learn. You reflect on all the issues. And I get, you know, at the end of the day, we do have these platforms. We can speak on things. But you come on to my show, right? Don't invite me onto your gig or whatever. You take the time to want to come and see what I got going on, right? right? You take the time to listen to different hosts that look, don't look like you. And I think mm-hmm. that's frustrating for me because there's so many great artists, 
hosts doing so many good things that if people just took the time, like they don't have to have the millions of followers, thousands of followers. There's so right. many people out here having great content every single day that if you just took the time, you would recognize and know that and just say, hey, I want to come on your show and keep having this conversation. I don't want to have to use my platform to elevate you because you're not elevating me. I'm elevated. Right, <laughs> okay. Right. Like I'm good in my own right. I don't need to stand on anybody else's platform. Like my platform is real good. <laughs> right. You better so say, you better preach. You better okay? preach. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, I'm I'm good where I stand. So I think that's something where I've gotten had to get to that place of yes, you are confident in knowing like this conversation. That's what I say. We come come to the family, come to Locked on Tarios. Let's have that conversation. Right. Those uncomfortable conversations in those moments where we can get through it. Because at the end of the day, it's all love. I am lucky enough to be on the USA Swimming Board or Committee for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Awesome. And so one of the components of that is just like having the uncomfortable conversation. I literally came to USA Swimming and it's like, the statement that you put out after George Floyd was just unacceptable, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't fun having that conversation. It's not fun telling somebody, especially like having the balls to come to somebody, a, a governing body, a national governing body being like, you missed the mark. Right? right. You're we have one percent of black people in swimming. That's unacceptable. We've had that for years. One percent. Right. right. We talk about Serena. We talk about Naomi. We talk about Simone Manuel. We talk about these great girls. But as black women, we have to stop <laughs> saying you're only good enough when you reach the peak of our the pinnacle of our sport. Right. There's so many talented people doing great things in the sport that we're trying to keep growing it. But you never recognize it because that just feeds into the black women have to be excellent at everything. What if yes. we're just good? Right. <laughs> what if we're just great? Why right. do we have to be excellent and just like dominant to be respected? Like I love right. you know having the Serena Goat conversation. I think it's great. It's of course no without a doubt. But damn, the girl right. had to be pregnant to win up this, <laughs> and she still can't get the love. Like right. do you know how insane that is? Right. And yet we still are having this like you're really putting her in the conversation with Tom Brady. Are we are we serious? Please. Like that. Can we? That can we just agree let that you that... know. <laughs> how messed up we are as a unit. Like we're right. just not, we're not on the same wavelength. I'm like, this man can't run a 40 to save his life. And yet you want to put him with someone who's been doing splits to break serves and like all those other stuff. Like, what are we talking about? Right, right. <laughs> what are we yeah. talking about? I, th I think I think we're on the same page about that conversation that like that, it, in, in that it is not a conversation. It it's is not, not a conversation. it's not. And yet we still have to have it all. That's the point of like, when we have to come up here, be like, hey, Make sure you talk about Serena, but don't go too overboard with it. Don't oversell it. Don't pin right. her against a white person. Like, no, 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 no. She's her in her own right. Like, I, I don't have to, right? Like, right. I don't have to come on here and be performative. I, I'm literally just telling you the truth. And I think right. whenever I have to sit back now and say, do I want to come on the show? When I come on the show, what am I bringing? And I hope that when I come on different platforms, people take away, like, she was honest and she was authentic in herself. Like, this is going to be Candace when I go back and listen to her own work. Like, this mm -hmm. is not like, oh, I came for a song and dance, you know, did a pony show for you and made you feel better about the content that i'm presenting no this is me all the time yeah, yeah. it's just now you're taking notice of it so i think as hosts we have to be cognizant of like be yourself don't feel like you have to be like some of these guys who've made it and like be extra and like super hot takey like no you can right. you can just be yourself and there's plenty of people who are talented who have made it to certain levels who were just themselves. Like one person I think I look up to most is like Bamani Jones. I think 100%. the fact that he's just like brilliant and just remind you he's brilliant over and over again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, but without having to be like super, you know, egotistical about it. But in the day, he doesn't have to do the song and dance of like, I'm gonna be super loud to make sure you get my point. Like, no, he said what he said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm glad that you bring that up too, because like 
I think that that's the other part of it that maybe put us in a position to where we're we're just coming in and we're like, yeah, okay, we're totally happy to have these conversations and we're, we're going to lead with that as a part of our own brand and authenticity is because we we got we had the great example or the great opportunity to see people do it before. Like Stuart yeah. Scott still continues to be such a yes. huge influence for me because he sounded like me on the news, right? Like on yeah. Sports Center, but you know, on TV to where I'm used to seeing and there's nothing wrong with this, but like I was so used to seeing people of color trying not to sound like people of color so yeah. much on, you know, television and things like that. But then Stuart Scott just came through with nothing but authenticity and nothing but him and therefore yeah. nothing but us. And yeah. that was such a huge, and I try to carry that through. Like I, I have my own vernacular. It does not, I a hundred percent know I do not sound like I'm from New Orleans by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> so I have my own vernacular, but I try to make sure that I'm just sounding like who I am as opposed to trying to navigate it in some way. Or I think, you know, you and I have talked about this before, but the code switching part of the conversation yeah. and the fact that like, yes, there's benefit to having that, that chameleon like flexibility mm -hmm. at times. But if I don't have to, then I don't want to. Yeah. A hundred percent. Listen, I could be Courtney. I could be, <laughs> I could be whatever is needed to be. Okay. Listen, I went to Carolina. I went to Wake Forest. I have been in places that I probably have no business on paper being, but because you talk to the right people, like working for the saints at one point, like mm -hmm. just having those rubbing elbows with certain people. Like I've driven Mr. Benson around. Like I've right. had those experiences and it's because at the end of the day, as long as you're polite to people, as long as you treat That's people with respect, it's so basic and it's right. so, I mean, it's so hard sometimes. I'm like, but it is so basic. Like you just <laughs> treat people with respect and you can just be you. And like, it, it, this is a matter of like, let's have the conversations uncomfortable sometimes, but even when you're in your work settings, like I'm going to speak up, but I can do it in a sense as like, okay, let me, let me speak to you in your language. <laughs> let me right. let me break it down for how this will be effective and why this, or why this won't work, you know, for my people, right? Mm -hmm. what, how this comes off when right. you say it like this or do it like this. I feel like we, we are in, the space where we can speak up we should mm -hmm. you get tired of feeling like man i can never say nothing because i'm just trying to like not rock the boat rock every boat yes <laughs> i'm ready to rock every boat because we're owed <laughs> we're overdue right. you know so i think that that is an important conversation to have yeah absolutely and uh you know i love that rock every boat because we're literally paid to talk so why wouldn't we speak up Right. right. Like we're 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 almost built for it in such yeah. a way. And and we have to do so much translating on a day to day basis just because not even about race, but just in, in terms of the games that we're talking about. Like you have to cover baseball, basketball, football, <laughs> swimming, gymnastics, like you cover yeah. everything for, for the Tar Heels. And you have to find a way to make that palatable, digestible and understandable yeah. for every audience that might not even have ever been to a meet have might not have right. ever been to a game right like you you have to be able to do that and then over on the football side at the nfl you're talking about this game at the highest level so how do you translate things so that people are learning something new and so i think that that's such a big part of what we do is that translation and finding a way to to do all that that it comes naturally to us that hey at certain times throughout you know our interactions with people and things like that we're able to translate things to make it understandable and i'm not even worried about making it palatable palatable i don't care if you like the taste of it 
I just want to make sure that you understand it. You know Listen, what I mean? You are not everybody's cup of tea. You are not everybody's <laughs> right. beignet, honey, because everybody's right. <laughs> like you. That's just okay. That is okay. There's etouffee for everybody. Like You can find you your own right. gumbo pot. Yeah. I saw on Twitter when they were talking about different kinds of gumbo. Look, everybody got their own style. Some they, people don't have gumbo for real. <laughs> Some people have real gumbo. <laughs> like, whatever is in your pot, honey, just work with your pot. Yeah. Like I think that's yeah. what's beautiful about all of this is, you know, we talk about talking football and basketball. There is certain language certain attitude that you bring with it but i think what's fun for us is the code switch you can have certain conversations you're like okay here's the x's and o's of it that might be one audience now let me break it down to you why this matters right right exactly jimmy, J- jimmy and joe and bob did xyz and that ain't gonna <laughs> function okay like it helps <laughs> when you can just have certain language where someone sits back and they're like oh okay that right. makes sense like it's not hardcore analysis because at the end of the day it's all kids games right like right. we're talking about backyard opportunities so yes, you can make it like, oh, the different schemes and X. I, knowing as a female, that I can't come from that perspective because I've never been on the field. So I'm not going to lie to you and sit here and say, yeah, I knew the slant route and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to lie. I'm not, but I'm not, because at the end of the day, you're not, you don't want to hear that from me. Like you want to hear that from maybe a Ross. You want to hear that from a former coach. You don't want to hear that from me. And that's okay. So like, as a female, like, you know, pro tip, girl, just be yourself. Like just say, right. like, man, I saw him running and he got burnt. I don't know what route he's supposed to run, but he got burned like toast. That's how you have to make it fun. Yeah, I think it's so important to not only be, and this goes for the conversation around sports and even also from the conversation around these other issues that affect our communities. It's just as important to be evocative as it is to be educational, right? And 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 a whole like the whole system of revolution is built on the idea of education, agitation, and then mobilization. Mm-hmm. So it always starts at education, but at the same time, there's always that agitation step, right? Like you have to make somebody feel what you want them to feel. You can't do that without context. And so yeah. I think that that's the other part about it is that like it's not just about if you want to have these conversations about blackness in your sports media space. And I think the way that we've both done it. Is that and, and let's just even open it up to just social conversations, right? Because uh, you know d- the idea of Kylan Hill taking a stand to help change the Mississippi flag isn't necessarily a race conversation, although there are large elements of race in it. But it wasn't yeah. just one race that wanted the flag change, for instance, yeah. things like that, right? So I think that it's it's just as important to understand the context around those conversations as opposed to just delivering the what. What's the why behind all of this? And I think that in an ability to deliver that, that context in addition to the material, that helps, that helps make things a lot more understandable for the people that are hearing it, maybe for the first time. part like if you just think about the movement in general we're just still mm-hmm. in black history month right there's a reason why radio was such a powerful component of black history like such a powerful right. component of civil rights like it was such a necessary thing for us to you know mobilize and make sure that we had people who were very aware of things so i think if we take a step back like why this is important why is it important for us to tell our stories because who else is going to do it like we've right. seen in in history, who else is going to have these conversations about us painted in a picture that's real? Who is going to have this conversation from our perspective, from experience? Like there, there's few, right? right? And it's you're we saw, you know, from famous radio, you know, personalities who have gone to glory, right? People can be influenced by anything, right? Mm-hmm. If they get told by the right person, the right sounding thing, like they can get told and be like, 
believe, oh yeah, this person is evil or this is X, Y, Z. So I think it's important for us to keep pushing the narrative that, you know, athletes are intelligent, like athletes have voices. We have voices. We have to have these uncomfortable conversations, but we don't have to do it in a way that's like condemnation. Like we don't have to do it in a way that's like, oh, you know, like shame on you, the entire group of people, like you've messed it. Like we can do it in a way that's reflective, like take a step back, listen and learn, but apply. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like let's, yeah. let's get to the application part of this entire movement. I think that's a key element to what has been missing in this entire summer. Like we're still talking about 2020 and how we're not, we have not yet <laughs> seen to me a lot of improvement. I'm like, we got to get to the application part of it. Like, yes, you've listened to me. Now, what are you going to do about what right. I told you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do about that situation? Yeah. And I think it's important to around that conversation to where like it, it's also not our responsibility to define what somebody should do. Right. Yeah. It's our it, if we take it upon ourselves to say, hey, this is important and here's why, then that is upon our own volition. We choose to educate if we want to educate. It is not a requirement. It is not something yeah. that like that's one of the reasons why like the the phone calls that I was getting, I stopped them because I'm like, yeah. that's not my role. Like my role isn't yeah. to teach everybody because you call on me to teach you. There's a lot of there's a lot of layers steeped in in that all by itself. But yeah. the other part of it is that if I choose to speak on something, it's because A, I feel comfortable speaking and I feel that I'll do it justice, which I think mm -hmm. is important because we can only really come from our own experience. Like I'm never going to speak on behalf of Candace's experience as a black woman. That's not yeah. my place. That's not my yeah. experience. I'm not going to co-op that. But I yeah. can speak on my experience as a black man from the South, right? Or a black man in America. Hell, d d everywhere is the South. So it's just like, or everywhere got a South. Let me say it that way. Hello. But yeah, but it's like in terms of the stereotypical thing. But it, yeah. it, it's it's it, it is important to sort of figure out and understand sort of how to navigate that within yourself. You know, as we were discussing expectations, and and now we get into a little bit more of the application part of this. It is important to understand that like it's not our responsibility to relay information on behalf of all black folks or all Ooh. folks that look like us. Yes. However, if we choose to do it, it's because we feel that we have value in that conversation. Mm -hmm. And we all have value in that conversation because of the fact that we've experienced it, regardless right. of what shade of black you are, what shade of brown, like everybody has that experience. And so if you're willing to share it, I think that that's the thing about like, how can we continue to do this? How can we continue to have these conversations in this space? It's about that genuine understanding, that authenticity and understanding too, that there's a difference between understanding an experience and maybe having cognition for an experience. Yeah. And I guess I would ask you, you know, you look at the rest of February, you look at 365, because that's what we celebrate, Black history. Mm -hmm. But what do you hope as a host, you know, to keep taking with you, to keep presenting, to keep amplifying, you know, what is the cause and purpose of why you do what you do? Why do you come back every day and ensure that these people are going to hear this Black man's message? <laughs> like, they're yeah. going to make sure that they know my voice and what have you. Like, what, do, what drives you to really want to do this time in and time out? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that I, I've always, <laughs> I've always been a very outspoken person. It's why my dad and I never had a good relationship because I, I never, I never let him get away with X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Like I've always had that outspoken nature about myself, and so I think that the thing that's most in that the thing that's most sort of, let me say, foundational to that is the support that I have around me, and that's what I what I hope will always remain, whether it's locked on, whether it's David, whether it's you, whether it's the listeners, right? We have inc an incredible, you know, community of listeners at this, at this network that care about us as human beings, 
just as much as they care about the sport that we're talking about. Like we're with them every single day. And I'm so grateful for the people that have shown support from listeners to executive. You know what I mean? And and I think that that's kind of the biggest part of it that makes me continue to do it and makes me continue to feel comfortable with being uncomfortable, which I think is a necessity Mm -hmm. in this environment. You know, we talked about how largely this is an imperfect issue, so it's hard to find a perfect solution. In fact, it's impossible to find a perfect solution for it with that being the case. But as long as I have the support around me that allows me to continue to strive to maybe advance towards that I don't even want to call it a solution because I don't, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't personally believe in a solution. I, mm-hmm. I really don't. But mm-hmm. I do believe in the alleviation of, you know, pain. <laughs> I do I believe love. in the alleviation of trauma. And a part of the way that I get through that is being able to speak to incredible people every day. And so I think that that's, that's the big part of it for me that I, I hope remains and that I'm able to, to continue to, um, to dedicate myself to. What about for you? Like, what, what's the thing that keeps you going with it? Honey, listen. <laughs> let me, hold up. Let me, <laughs> let me readjust my seat, child. Let me tell you. I think that every time I keep trying to walk away, it's like a piece of me and my spirit's like, it's not time, right? Like you mm-hmm. are being, like servant leadership is something that I really mm-hmm. have tried to dedicate myself to, right? You can only lead by serving. And so like, how can I serve the people? How can I serve them? And it's by my voice. How can I amplify my voice by like doing different initiatives that allow for me to get this message across that we want equality. And like, what does that look like? I don't really know because will we ever be equal? Probably not. But how can I get, you know, my, you know, groups in a position for betterment? Yeah. So whether it's me getting on a platform that allows to bring other people on, is it something that I can just help bring people as I go. Like, what can I do me personally? So does that mean I have to stay in it? Probably. And every time I get frustrated, I remind myself, like, listen, you're meant to be here because if you weren't, you'd be doing something else. Like this, the right door is open at the right time. And mm-hmm. so for just a look back on like life and how everything has kind of like been a real gumbo pot of just like things coming together, like perfectly, I think Locked On has been a nice blend for me to realize I could do stuff on my own. Yeah. See, listen, I can do stuff on (laughs) my own. When you're feeling it, you're feeling it. It's fine. (laughs) Do things on my own because for so long, I always felt like I had to have a co-host. I had to have someone in like the driver's seat. I could be, I was always Robin. Like I didn't necessarily like feel Mm. comfortable being Batman. Right. Right. Like again, as a black woman, it's like, I want to say stuff, but not so much to ruffle feathers. Right. Like don't want to like overstep. So I'm cool with being somebody's like, I'll throw in a joke every now and then. Like I'll make sure we get things back in order or I'll try and keep everyone focused and online. I'll be the great third wi- third wheel, all that good stuff. But now it's like, okay, you're solo. People do want to listen. Like I'm like, if three people listen, I feel grateful. If mm. 90 people listen, I feel grateful because like someone's coming back every single day just to hear what I have to say. And that yeah. makes it like a different spark under you. Like, okay, what you going to say, sis? <laughs> you right, know, like, right. What you going to make sure you leave these people with time and time again, because it's not every day you see a black woman in this space. Like I talked to Erica about, right. It's not every day that you see someone trying their best to like enlighten you in a way that's effective, educational and all of that good stuff. So Mm -hmm. make sure you are giving them something where they're like, okay, I'm going to be a better person because I listen to this show. Right. So I think that's what I hope comes out of me talking. Like someone's better because they listen to the show, not because like, Oh, I'm a better person now or like, but they're going to go try and do something. They're going to go try to like mend something or they're going to look at athletes differently. They're going to talk about athletes differently, right? They're going to take a step back and be like, oh, listen, this is free college athletics. Let's have the conversation about 
pay for play. Like let's have all of those uncomfortable conversations, maybe in my space and group, like, hey, I listened to this black girl and now I'm seeing her telling y'all, like this is kind of jacked up. Right. <laughs> like right. let's let's have the uncomfortable conversation in different groups and different pockets where like again. I've been in all types. I've grown up in all you know frames with people. So I'm like, I can do that. I'm comfortable with that. But I love helping mine. And I'm mm-hmm. hoping that you get something out of it too, right? So yeah. I think for me, that's the big thing. Like, how can I keep helping? How can I keep serving and ensuring that people are better because they listen to my show? Yeah, it's, it's an incredible thing because it's easier to do with authenticity. Yeah. Because sometimes it's the thing that feels... It doesn't feel like you said much, but you happened to say the exact thing that somebody needed to hear that day. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, it's, it's an incredible, (laughs) it's an incredible responsibility just as much as it is an incredible, you know, pleasure. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and I bring a lot of gratitude to it too. But, you know, one thing that you, you mentioned that I just want to highlight before we wrap up is the idea of not only, you know, supporting our own uh, platforms, but helping others to create their own as well. I think we both have very interesting sort of trajectories in that we were able to kind of build a platform and then be have our platform kind of advanced. Yeah. You know, a lot of folks have to wait for the platform to advance, right? They have to wait for that part because they have, you know, this one of my favorite things is when somebody writes me and they say, Hey, I was listening to Locked On Saints or, you know, anything across Locked On Podcast Network. And I'm I think I want to start a podcast. I love that. I love yeah. when people do that because I'm like, yes, go yeah. start a damn podcast. Like, say what you need to say. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, and, right. And sometimes it, it, it's just the exact like right thing at the right time that maybe didn't feel like you were saying anything powerful in that moment or that you generated something that you're like, I got to make sure I say this. Like, this is my big takeaway. Sometimes it's not that it, it's one little mention. It's one little off the cuff remark or whatever that could potentially change people or change something for someone. A hundred percent. And I think even when people are like, oh, I'm going to start on podcast and it's from people who don't look like you sometimes that you're right. like, dang, who even knew like that person connected with me right. or that type of right. person would get what I was saying or put up what I get up, what I was putting down. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. who knew that that person was like, dang, I really like this girl. I'll come back for more. Like half the people that listen to me, I'm like, who would have even thought you would enjoy this, but here you are. And so I really appreciate, you know, any, again, anybody who listens, who takes the time out because again, it's our responsibility to try and make things better, to try, you know, encourage people to use their own voices. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why these conversations in sports media, even though they're not maybe necessarily completely connected to sports, they're sports adjacent and they make such a huge difference for, for any listenership. And they're uh, definitely not earth shattering. It's not something that we're saying. We're not reinventing anybody's wheel, you know, but right. we are, you know, good reminders, good reflective pieces, <laughs> conversations mm-hmm. to just say, take a step back, have a moment and just, you know, really reflect on how your world is operating. Like, can it be changed because you listen to something that Ross said and you take a step back, like, damn, maybe that Yahoo conversation with Drew was kind of messed up, right? right <laughs> like maybe right. I can, like, we knew it was, we knew it was nothing at the ordinary, but maybe someone else decided like okay maybe that maybe i didn't look at it from that angle yeah and so you can appreciate at least trying to look from different angles yeah absolutely uh can it's such a pleasure thank you so much for taking the time uh to do this with me uh, you know you know i i consider you fa- it's like you said we're family 
we're family, family all across <laughs> here so it's such a pleasure to be able to to talk with you and particularly on this topic of course we thank locked on for creating the, a space for us to have this conversation uh candace why don't you tell folks where to follow you where to keep up and where to get that wisdom though <laughs> At Locked on Tar Heels, at Locked on Heels, I should say, rather, because you can type in Locked on Tar Heels, you'll find me either way. Mm -hmm. But Locked on Heels is where we get down every single day, Monday through Friday, up to 30 minutes a day. And then me personally, at Candace D. Cooper, I I let let it fly on Candace D. Cooper, right? (laughs) I just let, let, let the tweets go. Um, it's an opportunity just to honestly talk. I, I think the authenticity part of me is just like, listen, we're all, we're all friends here. Keep it cute. <laughs> we gonna have a good time. That's I don't right. really like to go back and forth. Cause it's just like, it's supposed to be fun. It's a social platform. So please right. take the time to follow me. How about you? Uh, people can check me out on Twitter at Ross Jackson, Nola and OLA. And of course you can hear the podcast every day, uh, locked on saints every Monday through Friday as well. Uh, and of course I'm also on Tuesdays over at locked on NFL too, just to kind of talk a little bit more of the, the national perspective and such around sports. So always, always a blast. And, you know, I, I, my DMs are open. I'm always happy to talk to people, everything as well. Like I, I love connecting with people beyond just like, Hey, are the Saints going to be able to get under the salary cap? First of all, yes, they'll be fine. <laughs> Secondly, though, how you mom and them? Like, I'm, right. happy to, I'm happy to talk to you. So make sure y'all check awesome. out. <laughs> make sure y'all check out Candace at Candace D. Cooper, Locked on Heels. You can check me out on Twitter at Ross Jacksonola with Locked on Saints. And make sure, of course, that you also follow the Locked on Presents feed here on Radio.com or wherever it is you get your podcast. We have much more on the way, Black History Month and beyond, with more conversations, more roundtables, more interviews to continue to uh, talk about things that are more than the game. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.